Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand lettering masters of tomorrow, today. My name is Martina Flor. I'm a lettering artist, author, and educator. And today we're going to talk about going solo as an artist. We'll speak about how you put yourself out there when you're studying. We'll touch on diversifying your income as an artist, one of my personal favorites. And we'll speak about finding clients and when is a good time to take the leap. There's so much to talk about today, and this is the reason why I have not one, but two guests with me today. One of them is called Vera Ramanovsky, um, a multidisciplinary lettering artist work, work, working across analog and digital mediums. She's based in Toronto, Canada. Hello, Vera. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hi, I am great. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Amazing. And I also have Alana Flowers with me, the graphic designer and lettering artist behind AGF Design Studio based in Brooklyn, New York. Hello, Alana. Thank you so much for being there. Thanks, Martina, for having me. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you two here as well. Um, I invited you today um, to discuss today's topic because in this podcast, I essentially invite lettering artists and illustrators, illustrators that I met throughout my career. And most of them are people that have been in business for a while. So, so far, they have all provided good insights, um, you know, because they can look back at their careers and speak about what worked for them and what didn't. But I have to admit myself that after 10 years of running my own business, I sometimes forget about how that felt when I started. Um, and this is why I think that it's so interesting to see the perspective of, of people like you that are currently in the mud of starting their own solo businesses. Um, so just as background information, I met Vera and Alana through my coaching program and I, I've seen them launch their creative practices successfully. I see them, I've seen them shape their uh, message and unique identity, and I see them out there doing beautiful work and thriving with their business. But to start with this conversation, I want to go to the place you were before now. I want to ask you about what triggered the decision of going solo with your business. I know that many people listening right now are considering going solo and are, or are currently employed. And I bet that they will be able to resonate with your story. So Alana, in your case, what triggered your decision? Where were you at in life at that point where you decided to go solo with your business? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Like. I'm only however many months in and it's already been very interesting. So it, I sort of decided to go solo in a very short period of time. So I'd say I was very firm on the decision November of last year. And then I launched January 1st of this year. So my deciding happened in a short window of time, but my thinking about going solo happened through a majority of last year. Um, and I guess that was just really brought on about by everything that was going on and me really thinking and was like, okay, so let's not waste any more time. Let's really think about what is exactly something that you'd want to do and why aren't you doing it? <laughs> and then let's figure out a way to make it happen. Amazing. And you were like kind of working for someone or you were like in between jobs or? No, yeah, I had been um, a graphic designer in-house for four and a half years for the same company 
And um, yeah, it just felt like a good time for a little bit of a shakeup and a little bit of a, a change. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sounds great. And and what about you, Vera? What was what was the thing that triggered your decision to go solo with your business? Uh, for me, like Alana, this has been percolating in my mind for a very very long time. And I was um, I was also working in house uh, for a company that where I had a very great job, very well paid job, job that at times I really loved. Um, that inclu included traveling, that included my lettering on events. So for me, it was very exciting. But that idea of going solo has been there for quite a long time. And then when pandemic hit, um, that was a necessary evil, I think, to get my butt kicked, to start thinking about actually doing that change. Uh, because my life priorities have changed. This mm. pandemic has shown me how easily, because my family is abroad in Europe and I'm here stuck. And this is the second year where I can't go and see them. And for me, that was like, okay, you need, you need to do this because you need the freedom of space, place mm. actually, and time where you can work. And yeah i think uh, you know love for my family was and, and just like the need to be able to go there whenever i want and not not depend on anybody and stay there for how how long i want was definitely like something that pushed me towards okay now it's the time to do this and then pandemic of course also gave me the freedom uh, the gift of time mm -hmm. because we, we we cannot go anywhere we can't do anything mm -hmm. so instead of sitting at home and playing video games like I did for the first month of the pandemic, I'm like, you know what, let me let me use this time better. And that that was my yeah, that was my kind of like, goal. I love that mindset to use that time into something that turns out being super positive for your life. And we will hear about you know, these stories uh, as we move down the questions today. As you know, this is a li listener-driven show. So we are here to answer questions from the audience. So we will start by answering voice messages. You listening right now, you can send us your voice memos with questions and comments by simply going to martinaflor.com slash voice message or email your recording to podcast at martinaflor.com. So let's listen to the first voice message from Sarah. Hi, Martina. I just wanted to ask a question about how does one put themselves out there? How does one begin to put their work out there, um, whether it's through Instagram? And how does one begin to network with other letterers and illustrators out there to continue to support this community of lettering, typography, calligraphy, and illustration? Sarah, putting yourself out there. I, I bet that many of our listeners resonate with that and are wondering about this. So Sarah, before we get into possible ways of putting yourself out there, my first question would be, you know, to define what is it that you're looking for here? Um, because we think that we need to be on social media, we think that we need to post daily because this is what we are supposed to do. But the question is, what are you personally looking for? Is it a community? 
friends that you can ha can ha hang out with? Are you looking to sell your products or are you looking for clients? I ask this because if you have a purpose, you can choose the right places to achieve that and very important, measure your efforts. And I love that Sarah is asking um, this question because putting yourself out there requires a lot of courage and work and time, right? And she's she's apparently ready to allocate that work and time uh, and put together that courage to go out there. But I'm just trying to find out what she will get out of it um, so that she can find a goal and a purpose behind all of that. So Sarah, ask yourself that first. What are you looking for when trying to put yourself out there, especially when you try to put yourself out there on social media? Are you trying to, to create community to, to connect with others? Are you trying to find customers or clients? So Vera, you um, you belong, I think, to a community of lettering artists, right? Uh, perhaps yeah. you can tell us a little bit about this experience and um, what you know how this was for you, or what this meant for you in order to put yourself out there and generate like meaningful connections with with other artists. Yes. Uh, well, when that started, I think that kind of started at the same time when uh, Lauren Home started her homework. And through homework and through participating in that challenge, weekly challenge, uh, I have, you know, very organically met this group of wonderful ladies that we call ourselves lettering ladies these days. And we sort of started connecting uh, on Instagram where we, you know, started giving each other feedback. And we were all kind of at the beginning of our lettering journey back in the day. So we were definitely peers and then we would give each other critiques and it was mostly around homework. But as we grew um, as artists and also our lettering skills have developed and we started less and less participating in the challenges by other artists, but coming up with our own. And I think that also happened very organically. That was something that um, as, as you become more confident in yourself in your skills your artistic voice will develop naturally and you will start creating content that is very personal to you and that has that your voice in that in that and it, it sort of happened to to all of us at the same time we started sort of like putting out there our own content developing our own voices and without any pressure, really, it, it, it was never premeditated. It, it really happened organically. And I think um, having a community is very important, but, and you can totally try to find them. Like our group was formed by Flavia, uh, Flavia Salvadori, and she actually found just the, like 10 of us and invited us to become in a group. So if you want to do something like that, you can definitely go and try to find peers that you that inspire you that you think you can connect with on a personal level and try to form such a community yourself you don't have to wait to be invited to other communities like take action if that is something you know that you personally would like to do and and, and have that kind of support that's interesting because it sounds that you know generating these connections and that small community for you meant also developing your confidence and your voice as an artist right Absolutely. like being Absolutely. like together with other people who cheer you on like sort of help you develop that 
um, strength in you as an artist and also like your voice as an artist. That's super interesting. That's actually like a very meaningful goal that you you might want to pursue if you go if you're looking to invest time in social media or on social media right um yes great so and and what about you alana what which ways of putting yourself out there um currently make you feel comfortable or um yeah what are also your pursuits around that yeah it's pretty interesting um i resonate a lot with a lot of things that vera said um in terms of like sometimes communities just sort of naturally form you might you know have a common interest you say oh I want to be a lettering artist or I do lettering and that's something that I'm interested in and you could post your work on Instagram or other social media platforms but also even before you feel I guess maybe you're not ready or whatever about posting your own work I say like I'm sure you could name you know five or so people off the top of your head who you follow actively on Instagram whose work you do enjoy and I think it's like you should let them know. So if you're not putting yourself out there with your work, you could put yourself out there in someone's comment section and be like, hey, I really resonate with that quote that you hand lettered or, um, you know, I have the same struggles because I feel like at least I like to see people using lettering for all sorts of things. So it's not always about posting your latest, biggest business project. It could be, um, you know, hand lettering a struggle that you've had just like, you know, people say tired and uninspired <laughs> a lot. And it's just like, it's not always about the glitz and the glam. It could really just be about being vulnerable and how that re resonates with other people. And I think that's been like in the comment sections of those kinds of posts or just those moments of, of vulnerability and honesty where people just sort of naturally gravitate and where those communities get formed. And it's just like, oh yeah, I totally feel that way sometimes. And it's a great way of feeling one, you're not alone. And it's just like, you're not the only person who feels or thinks whatever you're thinking or feeling. Um, so it's also really affirming in that way. Um, so I would just say showing up in some form or fashion, whether it's by posting or by letting someone who posts know um, that, you know, I, I feel the same way and uh, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> I love that. And also, I think I think that's such a good you know, mindset to approach, like putting yourself out there, because I think when we when we think about putting yourself out there, specific, especially in the beginning, we think of like, oh, my work is not good enough, or like, it's not perfect yet. And then, you know, it doesn't really need or what you're saying, Alana, is that it doesn't really need to be perfect to put yourself out there. Perhaps you are, you know, you're connecting with people from other places, like a struggle or like a, a vulnerable side of you or something you're going through as an artist. And that's also a way of connecting with others, right? Like the shiny parts of what we do are not, not always like the need to put yourself out there or what you need to put yourself out there now. And I think it's so liberating what you just said, Alana, about that. And also, Sarah, I think that, you know, I believe that putting yourself out there doesn't necessarily need to start with social media. And, you know, you can also start by telling family and friends what you're doing and, you know, showing them the things you create and trying to connect with people around you. I think social media is not the only place to actually um, 
start putting yourself, you know, to actually start, you can do it there. But if, if that's too overwhelming for you and you feel that, you know, you're exposing yourself too much, like start with the people around you, like start showing them what you create and what you do every day. Um, and you will start getting that positive feedback that you need to get you going, right? Um, so we have another voice message coming from Mary this time. Can we play that? your forms of income through your business, such as through ebooks, live engagements, and other income streams, has helped you move away from feelings of desperation or disappointment when it comes to pitching mural projects. Sometimes I still get into the mindset of being desperate for a commission, and I want to learn how to I can move away from that more effectively. Thank you. So Maddie is asking about the diversifying income. One of my favorite topics, if, if not my, my favorite topic of all around freelancing. I guess that you, Vera and Elena, have heard me uh, talking about this often during our coaching calls. Um, and I find it really intelligent that Maddie here is identifying what her feelings are around uh, doing work for clients. Um, I think it's so... You know, I think it's so intelligent to be self-conscious and to identify those red lights in you, especially when it comes through to your uh, when it comes to your business, because your business should be, you know, a tool and a media for you to be happy and to feel good, and not the other way around, right? And I feel that you know, the fact is that a lot of freelancers, um, going back to the question of Mary. A lot of freelancers work exclusively for clients and they get along with that fine. But in your case, listening to what you just said, that you experienced this desperation, then I would totally recommend moving on to thinking about possible income streams for you. In, you know, in my experience, the less desperate you are to get an assignment, the more confident you will show up effectively and you, you will show up to that client and get that commission. So um, having... You know, having those additional income streams can be a win in two ways for you. Um, because one, it will allow you to show up stronger when it comes to acquiring new projects or negotiating fees, but also because you have that e extra income coming in anyways, right? So those are two things that you can get from having additional income streams. And with this, I don't mean that you have to start selling popcorn in the park on weekends, which, you know, you can totally, you're totally free to do that if you want. But instead, you can perhaps start thinking of ways in which you could use your work, skills and knowledge to provide value to someone else apart from clients or a brand, right? Um, Alana, how, how do you go about generating new income streams? Is this something you're working on or you're uh, focusing around? Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's something that I've I think I've been thinking about more as I go along, and especially with the help of the course, that sort of is fresh in my mind still. So I'm thinking now because I'm so early on that a lot of the things that I'm doing right now, I probably won't see them to fruition until like a year plus from now. But it's important for me to start establishing these things. So. I'm, you know, I have a YouTube channel where I'm like posting videos about lettering and, you know, everyone knows the whole YouTube thing, you know, but I'm just like, okay, I can establish certain income streams now that will see greater returns or have a chance of greater returns later. 
Um, and then other than that, I'm doing like, you know, I'm going after like licensing for my art. Um, client work is still a large portion of my income at the moment, but knowing that I have my arms in other places is nice. Um, even if it's not like producing the most amazing returns, just knowing that I have those established is really a, a good like cushion for me and a confidence booster. Um, and then it also, you know, I can identify with this feeling <laughs> of Maddie, like with the desperation, just like, oh my gosh, like I need to survive and have income to like be alive. But um, I've been slowly trying to shift away from that mindset. Cause it, like you said, it's like, if you're operating from that point of view and that, you know, position, you can't produce your best work. You can't show up with the negotiating. And I was able to negotiate a, <laughs> something recently, a project that I was really excited about. And it was like a passion project. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a dream project. But I still was just like, okay, Lana, you'd like to get this project, but also you like to get paid what you're worth. So let's do that. So sometimes it's like, you know, you have to sort of take yourself step by step and like talk yourself through the process and be like, okay, this is great but also let's, let's do the business. Okay. <laughs> Cause at the end of the day, working for yourself or whatever you do, if you do it on the side, if it's your main thing, whatever, like your whole point is to like run your business effectively and how you would like. So if, if things are coming to you and they're not, you know, quite what you'd like or expect, um, you should feel free to, to voice that, um, whenever you can. So yeah, diversifying in general has been very effective for me. <laughs> That's great. I, I think it's so, what, what you just were saying um, is something that also came up in, in one of my recent podcasts. I, I had recently the girls from Pander Design Co., these muralists and, and um, you know, they do, they do murals. It's Phoebe and Roxy, they're called, and they do murals and art installations. And we were talking about, you know, we were, we had a question coming in from the audience uh, saying something about like, why well, I'm, you know, I, I love what I do and it's, it just feels weird to charge for it. And they were saying like, well, I mean, the fact that you love what you do doesn't mean that, um, that you cannot charge for it. This is bringing value to your client and to, to your clients and to other people. And therefore it definitely has a value, right? But I feel that not only that, like the, the fact that we love our work, but also the fact that sometimes we depend on this client assignment, um, that has an impact on how we show up and, um, and how we negotiate our fees and how we like go about like the client onboarding, right? And um, and what you're saying is so important that you need to still like be strong, like kind of build your uh, confidence and and you know be aware that you know negotiating a good deal is also a way of staying in business uh, and continue. You know it will enable enable you to continue doing. Uh, business as a Lorraine artist, right? So um, it's super important what you just said. And what what is it about you, um, uh, Vera? What what are you you know are you are you currently working on um, possible income streams or elaborating some um, new ones? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I wanted to I want to say that. I used to believe that diversifying income streams and not only doing client work as a freelancer would be at the point when I become so-called famous in what I do. And one of the biggest like I know eye openers with the with Leap Now is that 
you I don't have to wait for that. I can totally start that from the beginning. Like I don't I don't have to do just client work, even though I don't have, you know, my name is still not out there like known as some other artists. So definitely that that gave me the courage to start uh, thinking about what income streams I want to focus on. I do I I used to have this um, tendency to overwhelm myself by trying to do too much too fast. So with keeping that in mind, I wanted to pick two, possibly, possibly two, not even three, two areas of focus right now that I want to um, develop apart from client work. And one of my focuses is definitely art licensing, as Alana said, because I do so much uh, I just draw all the time and there is like this plethora of work that is sitting on my iPad that can totally be used for something other than posting it on Instagram. And if, so that is definitely something that I'm now focusing on and investing my time. Um, and another part of diversifying my income at this point would be um, to, I want to start making some products, digital products. And one of those things is making fonts. Like I just, somehow I got to this point of my, uh, lettering career or, or skills, whatever, where I am really intrigued by the technicality of letters in the past, it very much used to be about the playfulness and about, you know, just like this expression. But now I want to get into the nitty gritty of lettering. And I think fonts are like, you cannot get nitty gritty with that. So I'm sort of um, putting together what I, where I am currently at and what's, what I'm passionate about and what I am interested in to learn and expand my skills, putting it together with an income stream. So it's kind of like two wins at the same time, you know, and, and that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, there's two things that I find super um that I would like to hi highlight from what you just said. One of them is like you were looking in what you like doing and, you know, looking for ways to monetize that, which, you know, is what I just mentioned. Like you don't need to like um, go sell popcorn in the park when that doesn't lightens you up, you know, like you just need to find out in your work what is it there that can provide value for someone and for yourself, for your business, right? And... Another thing that I found really interesting is that actually an income stream or generating these income streams could be also like kind of putting together this question um, with the previous one, this question from Mary with the previous one from Sarah, um, kind of, you know, using those income streams to actually put yourself out there. Um, so you don't need to wait until you are like super famous and super renowned to actually um, start an online class or start your YouTube YouTube channel like Alana or start like a line of products. You can just start with small steps from now and that will also help you um, put your name out there, put your work out there, right? The more like the more formats your work has, the more chances it has to be like featuring places and shown in different channels, right? So I think that's such a good mindset, not to wait to generate an income stream later on, but to start now and identify those things that you do right now that you enjoy doing and can help other uh, people, right? So lastly, maybe you don't need to figure 
that out all by yourself. Um, you can also ask other people. You can also ask your followers on social media or friends. Um, oftentimes people will tell you what they would like to learn from you or what they would like to get from you. People will ask you like, hey, how did you do that? Or how, you know, which brush are you using there? And perhaps it's one of your custom brushes that you can start like selling to others as digital products, right? So, um, you know, it's, so that's, that's also something that you can start thinking or can start doing, like identifying the things that are calling the attention of people on social media or that your friends are asking you, like, how do you do that or what did you use? Those are things that can help you in the future or actually starting right now, um, generate some extra income for your business. So let's move now on to our inspirational quote segment that I told you about before. <laughs> um, so we all love quotes, and in this section, we do our best to answer questions from our listeners with a quote. So Vera, Alana, as you know, we later put these uh, questions, uh, this, um, these quotes in the show notes, and listeners can letter them and share them on social media. So you should know that in reality, what we do here is that we discuss, we rumble around and debate for a while, and. If we find something solid, great. If not, don't worry, we will put something together right afterward and add it afterwards and add it to the um, to the show notes. So I have a question here coming from Joanna on Instagram. So her question is, my biggest challenge is finding clients. I'm growing my profile on Instagram, but that doesn't seem to bring me new jobs. So big topic here, finding clients. So we have a few things to talk about here, and I'm sure that Vera and Alana can provide some ideas on, on things they have done to connect with clients. But before we get into, into that topic, Joanna, I want to tell you that your social media account is perhaps not the place where you have to focus first if you, your goal is to find clients. Um, you know, I feel this is a common thing among freelancers or people that are going solo, that they invest you know, from the very beginning, they invest a lot of time into growing their social media accounts without a purpose. And I think that we discussed in the beginning about finding a goal for the time you invest in social media, and that could be very useful for you as well. However, when it comes to finding clients, social media is perhaps the most, the most sterile kind of place of all, right? Because I bet that your work is beautiful and that you are collecting a lot of likes in your posts and um, and that people is loving what you're posting there. But this is my quote for you. Likes don't equal clients. What you actually need right now is to start conversations with people, with real people in the real world and turn them into clients. Um, and I think that social media is perhaps not the ideal place for you. You can still choose to hang out in social media. And as we were saying before, like you can also find, you know, connect with people who will cheer you on on social media, create community. But perhaps social media is right now not the place for you to start trying to find those clients that you're trying to um, find, right? So what about you, Vera? What are the things that recently help you connecting with clients? I, firstly, I started with the the circles right so 
uh, something I, again I learned uh, in the course. Like how, how, I, I can started you explain a little bit this this idea yes. of the circles? So what so what I'm thinking about is what I'm talking about is activating first activating the circle of people that you know, family and friends. And then expanding to people that they know. So people that people I know, people know. And then, you know, eventually it's going to get bigger. So right now, um, I, I, I have luck, some luck of finding uh, bigger clients that found me. But that is still not as, it's not overflowing my in inbox yet. You know, it's like project here and there that I cannot depend solely on. So what I do is basically connect with the local community. So I'm doing some public art right now that is going to give me exposure because it's going to be on the streets of Toronto with my name on it. And I'm also connecting with people that I worked with in my in my job um, that have because we used to work. I used to work with events. So we used to work with a lot of event production companies and they usually have a lot of you know opportunities where they can use lettering for as well as their own like spaces. Like, so now I'm decorating a space of one of those companies. They wanted like murals in, in their offices. So it's very important to be proactive, something that I was very bad at in, like in the past uh, and very shy because I looked at selling at that as selling myself. But now I am basically, I totally changed that perception and I'm like, I'm not selling anything. I am providing my services to someone who can use it. And that, that shift in mind, because I don't, I, I'm not a salesperson and I don't feel comfortable. I never felt comfortable doing sales, but now I'm like, okay, that's not what I'm doing at all here. This is completely different. And that put me in my comfort zone where I can confidently approach people and say, hey, listen, I do this and I think you would really benefit if I was to do this for you. And then, you know, we take it from there, from those conversations, some conversations turn into nothing and some actually turn into a real client work and real conversation. And also opening up some future possibilities. Not all of those conversations will come to fruition right away but in, they may come to fruition a year from now two years from now you never know but it's very important to start them yeah and exactly like I, I think that's also very important like to understand that not all the not all the your actions will have an immediate uh consequence right perhaps the opportunity will come then in a year from now but you need to start creating um these connections and this, you know, start these conversations now um, so that, you know, those things happen uh, down the road, right? And what about you, Alana? What are the things that brought you opportunities or client or connected you with clients and opportunities in your, in your freelance business? Yeah, I mean, I loved everything that Vera said, like, you know, things we have to sort of shift our mindset from sales to I'm providing a service that has value. I think adjusting your mindset to be there is already like a great place to be because it's very easy to feel very like, I don't know, maybe like you're begging people to like give you a job or something like that. It's just like, no, like I'm confident in what I can provide to someone and this is what it is. Um, and then other than like a mindset shift, you know, for yourself, whatever that means, um, I think pursuing passion projects has been a great avenue to explore 
for me. So I was in a bit of a rut, honestly, between um, when I decided to, you know, that I wanted to have a business and then from actually launching it. So in between that, it was like a month, basically, or like a month and a half, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do a little passion project where I do 25 days of lettering instead of 25 days of Christmas because it was in December. So that was a little um, 25 day <clears throat> passion project that I did that I revived from something that I had done five years ago when I had first started posting my lettering on Instagram. And I did it as like a retrospective. So I like updated the same phrases that I did from five years previous with the skills and knowledge that I have now. Um, and it was so cool because I was just like, I was just having fun. I was just trying to warm up my my arm again and just like do lettering because I had taken such a long break most of last year um, from lettering because I was just like so like down. It's just like, oh, I'm just not feeling super inspired. But um, finding like a passion project really helped me um, sort of kick things in gear. And then maybe like a month or two after I had launched my business, um, a client reached out to me and had referenced my passion project that I had done in December <laughs> as um, some of the styles that they were looking for the work that they were asking me to provide. So I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I feel like you might not be posting something at the time with like, I'm going to post this because it's going to get me X, Y, and Z client. If you can just, you can operate from that pa that place of, this is something that I'm really passionate about. This is something that I'm interested in. Um, you'll find that people will resonate with that authenticity and that vulnerability. Um, and I feel like that's just sort of like a natural feeling that people gravitate towards. Um, so I would say pursuing passion projects has definitely been something that is um, a great driving force for client work for me. And then other than that, it's been just like talking to people, honestly, like <laughs> I've, I've been more active on my like Twitter and stuff. Like it's not always about posting pictures on Instagram. Like I just like following people's newsletters or, you know, tweeting at them because I saw them post a cool link about something that mm. I'm also interested in, you know, that's in like the sphere of like type and lettering and all that stuff. And you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, it's so easy to reduce people down <laughs> into like whatever our grandiose idea of them on social media is. Um, but just like I'm here and I'm talking to Martina Flora and like, that's cool. Um, so it's just like, there are people behind all of these social media accounts. So like, you know, pr approach people like from a place of just like genuine humanity. And, you know, we have so much in common. You'd be surprised um, how many conversations you can get going and um, how many connections you can form very naturally um, in those ways and get projects. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so important from what you're saying that, you start to, to, you know, as you start, um, um, you know, having these conversations with people, whatever those are, like peers or friends or colleagues, you also start gaining a little bit of confidence, like loosening up when showing up with, you know, in a meeting and a conversation. And that will also eventually help you have a conversation with a client down the road. So all these experiences sort of build up on your confidence and the way you show up in the world, right? And I think that also, you know, finding this, this, these connections is the way to, to make the, the, ball roll uh, how, how do you say to <laughs> set the things in motion right like to um yeah. kind of sh change that that mindset of like okay waiting for clients to come but put yourself out there through you know through um 
um, passion projects or through starting conversations on Twitter or on Instagram or on other communities, as people see that you are willing to establish those conversations, you will also attract people your way, right? When, you know, when someone is, I think something important from what you said, um, Alana, is that when someone is approaching other people from a place of vulnerability or like openness and positiveness, like it also attracts other people their ways, right? Because you start identifying those people like, hey, I, you know, I want to connect with that person. It seems like super easy to talk to, right? And I feel that, you know, when you think that in terms of finding clients, clients are also people and they also want to connect with people that they like. So, you know, you just have to think that as other colleagues or peers will contact you, other clients or clients or brands will also do the same with you, right? Um, so there's a second question we have here coming from social media from Engie Belvesi. She's saying that I freelance besides my full-time job and it's hard sometimes to manage time. When is a good time to leap? This is so relatable, Angie. I think a lot of people have been there. I've been there twice um, before I finally started my own business. Personally, that was really, really bad to me. Like it was really catastrophic because both times I ended up burned out and um, and naturally I, I, I gave up going solo all in all. Um, and I believe that this is something that many people do. So Angie, you're not alone. Um, my quote for you, Angie, is that now is the best moment to start. Um, because, you know, conditions are always or almost always impossible. Um, when it's not the pandemic is that you're getting married next year or that whatever else. Um, so I say that the you know, I always say that the biggest transformation that comes along starting a new business and becoming your own boss is that conditions are not defining your success. And, mm -hmm. you know, before I move on to like hearing your thoughts, Vera and Alana, I want to tell Angie that the first thing that comes to my mind right now um, that will bring you some relief uh, in your situation right now where you're like, you know, working full time and you feel overwhelmed because you have these freelance clients on the side is that, you know, the first thing that I will advise you to do right now is that you try to turn that full time job into your first freelance client. And, you know, that you try to through that start leaving that freelancing life that you like to have without burning out. Um, your employer, you know, if you propose this to your employer, they will be probably happy to have you or to hire you as a freelancer. And on your side, you have more autonomy and probably also more cash per month. So this is the first step you can give like towards you know, finally going freelancing and perhaps it's like the easiest way you will be, you know, your, your employer already knows the way you work or already knows that you're great and they will probably want to keep you. So if the, their way to keep you is to have you as a freelance, then they will probably hire you as a freelance. So try that out. So Vera, how was your experience when you first started? Were you employed or, um, did you go all in? You were already, you said already that you were employed, right? Yes, yes. I was employed and I was, um, for a while I was trying to kind of juggle both. 
Um, and um, I had, you know, commissions here and there. I was only focusing on commissions because I thought, you know, that's my only option when you first start uh, without realizing that it's really up to me how, how I want to start it. <laughs> so, um, and yes, after I decided to take the leap, I did exactly that. As you said, Martina, I actually sat down with my uh, manager and I said, these, my, my personal goals have shifted. My personal aspirations have shifted and I have already given a lot of time to that role and that job. And, um, you know, this is what I want right now. I want to basically become a freelancer. Um, and I had that very, very open conversation with my manager at the time and said, uh, that's what I want to do and suggested, as you said, because she loves me and I know that she would try to do anything to keep me, but I told her, you don't have to lose me. You don't have to lose me. The thing is, especially when pandemic hit and that was basically because events really weren't happening live at the time. And I'm like, and I know that they would keep me on a payroll because eventually we will go back. But I'm like, this is not, this is not something that you need right now, but you will need me in the future. So let's stay to, let's keep connected. I can, you can still have me, but on a freelance basis when you need me. And it'll work out for me because I will achieve my personal goals goals, and it will work out for you because you want me to pay me 365 days a year. Mm. So that simple, simply having an honest conversation, mm. which I was nervous about, I have to say, it didn't come naturally to me. And I kind of like sat on it for a long time, not a long time, but a while to, to have guts to have that conversation. But I finally did it because I know that that full-time job will eventually again become a distraction from my goals. And my goals were no longer to be employed with a company, but to go solo. And that was simply just, that did it for me pretty much. So Angie, I think this, uh, you know, answering um, our listeners questions, um, Angie, I think this is a, actually a great life uh, um, life example of uh, you know what what happened to Vera is also something that may happen to you you know and you know it also makes me think of what we were speaking about before when you're trying to reach out to clients and Vera you were reiterating this idea of like first reaching out to your closer circle so your closer circle of people is friends family but also your current employer is perhaps the easier people to talk to so definitely start there and then see how that goes and start building from that and what about Alana what about Alana what, what do you think you know what would you say to Angie in this situation where she's like um in this full-time position and kind of um doing freelance work on the side but you know feeling a little bit overwhelmed feeling that she cannot handle both yeah it's pretty interesting because I mean I I didn't have freelance work where I was like making you know generating any kind of side income while I was still employed, but I was, what I was doing was I was just actively practicing and just posting on Instagram. So in my mind, that was my, it, it was my outlet and it was my side hustle in a way, because I was like, this is what I really want to do. So I'm just going to keep doing it. But it was very difficult in the beginning, um, trying to find time to dedicate, um, to practicing even, um, just for myself. So I think it's like, you just have to assess 
for yourself, like where you're at, like what aspects um, of whatever routine you're holding are overwhelming you? Like, are you taking on too many client projects or, you know, are you taking on projects that are too long-term because maybe you could take on projects that are like two week projects instead of like one or two month projects kinds of things. So there's ways that you can still like have the best of both worlds, but still cater to your own needs because we all need to sleep. <laughs> so it's not, it's definitely never encouraged and never great to just like hustle yourself into the ground and burn out because it's not good for you. It's not good for whatever clients you'll be working with um, because the projects just won't be as great as they could be. So I say do an assessment see how many hours, like actually track your hours, because this is another thing that I've been doing recently. It's just like, it's one thing to do a project, but it's like, I have no idea, generally speaking, like how long it would even take me to do X, Y, and Z kind of thing. But by actively tracking my, my hours, just for myself, just like as my own sort of way of understanding, like how long it takes me to do this kind of work and this kind of work and this kind of piece, um, just so you can start gauging for yourself. Because if you can say, um, definitively, it's just like, oh, I can bang that out in, you know, you know, uh, three days this week after work, then, you know, it might be worth it to you. But if you don't have those sort of um, metrics and that information, it'd be hard, um, I guess, to assess properly um, exactly how much time you'll be giving um, certain things. So protect your energy, energy, you'll be good. But um, just uh, try and do those those sort of assessments for yourself. Yeah, protecting your energy is so important. And Angie, I want to tell you also something additionally. It's like, decide how much time you're going to give to this. Decide how much time is enough for you to understand whether you can continue having this lifestyle or you need to make a change. But put yourself a deadline in terms of like, after this deadline, you need to make a decision that will be healthier for you and your life and your family, right? Uh, because as I said before, the time is never good uh, and the conditions are always impossible. There will be always something that holds you back. So you need to decide first what you need and put a deadline to make that happen. And I want to give you a tool of mine um, if you're thinking of going freelance and um, yeah, and launching your freelance business. I want to give you one of my tools. It's called Launch Your Freelance Business Checklist. I believe that creating a freelance business is a way to design your own life. And this checklist will walk you through the steps uh, of finally taking the leap into freelancing. You can download it for free on martinaflor.com slash launch. So enjoy. Lastly, we're going to move on to our Better Now segment, uh, Alana and Vera, where we share something we are happy about or something that has changed our lives uh, lately that you might want to share with our listeners. Could be something really important, could be something, you know, super simple. Um, Vera, is there something that you're currently happy about or that has made you smile lately? A project, someone you just met, could be anything. I wish I met someone <laughs> meeting people these days. <laughs> isn't it easy? Except you. I met you. So <laughs> that makes true. me very happy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think my, my, uh, my art makes me happy. I think every time I have, uh, you know, just every time I create something and I see it come to life, it just gives me this enormous happiness that I actually did something that day. It gives me that satisfaction. 
of you know especially if i if i start something that i haven't done before like if i you know i recently start playing with you know procreate more than i used to because i used to be a vector lover and now i'm kind of like oh let me you know i'm just sort of like now exploring that you know avenue of just to see what i can create with it and just you know being able to create makes me very happy yeah we something should i would never want to lose we should consider us like uh yeah lucky right we have this great opportunity yeah, yeah so that's That's great. Alana, what about you? What made you happy lately? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the theme of connection, because I'm just going to keep talking about connecting with people. But I, um, it's so cool because, I mean, um, because of everything being virtual, it sort of has erased the geographical lines for people. So it's like people are joining events that I used to attend exclusively for NYC residents. People from all over the place can attend. Um, and it's so cool connecting with people in that way. And recently in a, in a type event that I was, um, I was just in like a, on, in a Zoom virtual um, event and someone that was presenting and they were asking questions about, you know, you know, freelance and all this stuff and, you know, how it feels like putting your work out there and it doesn't get the kind of likes and metrics that, you know, you're expecting or hoping for, but then you post something that you don't really feel that great about, but then it gets all the likes and you're like, what does this mean? And it was coming from someone who I'm just like, I would have never expected this person to say this because in my idealized view of them, it's like, they have it all figured out. Oh my gosh, they're mm. doing all these courses. They're doing X, Y, and Z, and they have it figured out. They're good. And they're like asking me and like other people for advice. I'm like, what? <laughs> mm. So it just really was like a great moment for me because I'm just like, we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all relatively in the same boat. Like you could you could think X, Y, and Z about something, but until someone like tells you their experience, you have no real idea what they're going through. So yeah. that was a real nice moment for me just to be able to connect with someone who I still very much look up to because like their work is like stellar. But um, just knowing that we can still connect <laughs> in that kind of way and have the same like kind of struggles in common and uh, can help each other out was really nice for me. <laughs> we all have something to figure out at some point in life, right? Perhaps different things, but we need to figure out different things at different points in life. Um, so I'm excited right now because I'm preparing for the launch of, um, you know, the new edition of the coaching program you were in. And this time I, I'm going to uh, take a limited number of, of students and people in. And we are currently working on adding like additional tools, like a pricing calculator, a client onboarding module, and uh, like a virtual life retreat. These are all updates that you're going to get. So And we are adding a bunch of new stuff. So I'm super excited about this. We are all super busy here in the studio working on this. Um, so if, you, if you're listening and thinking of finally uh, taking the leap of going solo, I would recommend you to put uh, yourself down on the waiting list right now on maketheleapnow.com. As I said, I would I would be taking a limited amount of people this time and registration will be open for just two days. After those two days, the doors are closed until next year. So... If this is your year to finally go solo, then you should go to um, maketheleapnow.com and put yourself down on the waiting list. And I will let you know when registration is open 
by the end of July. I'm going to add that to the show notes. I'm going to add all of the things we spoke about today to the show notes, including the link to Alana's website, Vera's website, their uh, social media handles. So all of the things we've we've been talking about, also the you know, the, the solo projects or the side projects that you're doing, uh, Alana, and also the lettering ladies uh, community from Vera. I'm going to add all of this to the um, show notes. Um, it was such an honor to have you, uh, Alana and Vera. Really, I'm so happy that you, you took the time to be here. Um, Alana, finally, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, I'm basically on instagram twitter i'm at alana underscore flowers i also have a, a business instagram for my business so at agf design studio and you can find me on youtube at agf design studio as well amazing we're gonna add this to the show notes and what about you vera uh, you can also find me on instagram at vera.dermanovsky and you can find me on my website veradermanovsky.com um, I'm also on Facebook, Vera Dremanovsky. So if you Google Vera Dremanovsky, you'll find me because I'm the only one out there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think you have provided such a, you know, s- such a beautiful and, and like positive uh, mindset to the listeners today, to those that, that are, you know, listening right now that are thinking of going solo. Um, and I, you know, lastly, what, what would you like to say to our listeners? Do you have something else that you would like to mention to those that are currently thinking of going solo or starting their own businesses? You can do it. Trust me, you can do it. Yeah, it's, That's it's my true message. life again. I agree. You can do it. Because honestly, if you had asked me like some some years ago, I would have said, I'm never going freelance and look at what I'm doing now. So <laughs> you can do it. Just just start. Yeah. Amazing. I thought I don't have it in me. I thought that I don't have that business string, like that synapses in the biz- in the brain that, you know, functions for business. <laughs> Turns out, yeah, I do. Everybody does. You just need to activate it. <laughs> That's all. Exactly. Yeah. It's a muscle. It's a muscle, yeah. right? Yep. So thank you so much to you both uh, for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you thank for you having Thank you so us. much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so this is it for today. You can find me, the host of this show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can even comment on the things we spoke about in this episode and we will play it on the next episode of Letter Now. You can also find these episodes and comment on my YouTube channel. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube or listen to it on your favorite, favorite podcast platform. If you love this episode, subscribe to this podcast and if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Letter Now. Bye-bye.